0: This is episode 34 Putting Connection First.
1: Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one.
0: And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay at home mom to four kids, ages 10. Eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. So today I have a high five, and that high five is that my prodigal sister (laughs) has returned
1: with the king. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With the
0: king. my So my little sister who was on our last episode, Caitlin, she has been living in Minnesota for a while, <laughs> for a couple of years for her husband's graduate program. And then, now, then they went to Oregon and she had a baby in Oregon. And then he just got offered an awesome job. And so they came back earlier than they were expecting, which... Cause they were going to stay in Oregon for a whole nother like nine months. And she just came back this week guys. And I am so pumped and she has this baby. So like she brings the baby back. Right. And all of us are like, (laughs) you know, my husband's sending gifs of (laughs) gifs, gifs, I have no idea. Just like (laughs) Mimi's. I don't know what they're called. Mimi, (laughs) Mimi's. Anyway, of like, you know, Simba, like we are so (laughs) pumped. I just get to see them and snuggle with them and Mm -hmm. I don't have to make phone calls as much. I don't really like phone calls. No,
1: it's not the same.
0: But when somebody lives far away, it's really the only way of communicating with them. Mm. And I just don't. It's just harder. Because as anybody knows with children, phone calls are just signs for your children to turn into monsters. Yeah. they think they're gonna
1: die it actually is i read because i was like what's happening that when you are on the phone or distracted in some way your kids like not like their innate thing that like no one's taking care of me and kicks in like i might die in this moment Uh when you're on the phone we all know this is true yes the second i get on the phone everyone's crying
0: yes it's so true (laughs) there's been so many times where my husband's like how about you just call me back later? Because I'm like, well, let's just finish this conversation. Yeah, let's just do this. It's going to happen yeah. no matter when you call. And he's like, I'll just talk to you when I home from work. <laughs> anyway, good news. Now I can actually talk to my sister in real life. Like Felicia and I have discovered that if we're chatting, we can do lunch. So it's the same amount of time it takes to eat lunch. But if you're with somebody else, mm-hmm. you're talking. The kids are playing because mm-hmm. you're at the park or outside or in your front yard. Everybody's happy and mm-hmm. you're actually connecting. So yep. That's what I my high five is. I am just thrilled
1: to have my sister back. Mm-hmm. In I love it. Utah. Me as well. She's a great addition. Okay, and my I have a face palm today, and that is yesterday we went and picked blackberries. And Sunny, so he's 18 months, loves berries of any <laughs> type. <laughs> And it's so funny because he just eats them like by the fistful and just shoves like a ton in. And he was looking adorable. He had his shirt <laughs> off as we were picking him
0: and he was just like dribbling <laughs> it down his juice belly. blackberry <laughs> It's
1: so cute. And he ate like an entire bowl, not like a cereal bowl, like a Tupperware bowl, probably not full, but a lot of blackberries. And then, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, twice yesterday had like explosive blackberry diarrhea. <laughs> Coming out the back, black, with the seeds and everything. It was so bad. And stained his whole bum. The whole thing just stained black. So never again with the blackberries. It was too much. And he gets that when he eats blueberries. Well, it's not quite as bad. It was really bad. So that's my face bomb. Did the blackberry beard come off him? Because he had the cutest <laughs> blackberry beard stain. There's still a tint. And all my kids still have a tint of, like, blackberry hands. I don't, <coughs> probably because I have to wash so many dishes, but yeah. they all have, like, a blackberry-tinged hands. Oh, that's so funny. He's so cute. Anyways, okay, so today we are talking about connection with the important people around us. And I'm sorry, guys, I have a throat tickle. <coughs> um, and we are going to do... This episode we're going to talk about connecting with our kids, specifically... Um, Talking about the book, Peaceful Parents, Happy Kids. That's kind of the basis of it. Um, but I had I had listened to a podcast the other day. It was actually the Goop podcast by Gwyneth Paltrow. <clears throat> and they interviewed... They, they were doing an episode on anxiety, actually, and depression. <clears throat> and how to kind of... Things to do in your life to battle... Not battle, that's the wrong word. I don't like to use fighting it. To... <laughs> to alleviate those feelings of anxiety and depression. And one of the things they talked about with women is that um, we oftentimes prioritize our to-do list of things. So like do the dishes, get this done for work, go to the store. We prioritize our to-do list and it reigns over our life instead of prioritizing our people. But the tricky part is as women, we find the most joy through our relationships. So um, they call that relationship tending is what s- when they um, like interviewed and looked at all these women's lives, relationship tending brought them the most joy. And relationship tending takes a lot of energy and emotional energy and time. But if I look at my life and I look at my day, how much of my day is spent tending to my most important people and how much is spent like taking off my to-do list. So it really made me think and think, how can I create connection and um, really put those people first? And I think the key is, so I so I heard that and I started to get a little overwhelmed, like, whoa, well, there's a lot of people. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people. There's a lot of friends. There's a lot of work people. There's a lot of kids and my spouse and then myself. And so I think the important thing is to ponder on like your, your most important people. Not that all the people don't get some tending too, but like your most important mm-hmm. people, that's what we're going to be focusing on. So so our mm-hmm. episodes are going to be focusing on kids and spouse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: People in your immediate
0: family. Yeah. Not that everybody else isn't important, yeah. but. <laughs> but
1: start, when your to-do list is really long, let's start with the most, mm-hmm. um, most important
0: people. And we do have, <coughs> and I think this may be a good time to say that, I mean, I do think a lot of us have this concept that We have a hundred friends that Mm -hmm. we're connected to. And I think studies have proved over and over and over that the actual amount of people that we truly connect with has nothing to do with like your amount of Facebook friends or Instagram people.
1: It's just,
0: we really have the capacity. I mean, if you have a good friend, Mm -hmm. if you have around five people that you're connected with, you're considered really lucky you know what i mean Yeah, totally so those of you out there who are like i don't even have you know what i mean I don't like have friends yeah like i don't have 20 friends that i am super close with yeah that's okay yeah it could be let's just focus on the people in your immediate family or mm-hmm. your spouse or you have one good friend whatever mm-hmm. it is but we're when we're talking about this we're talking about a small group of people small group. Yep. that's our ability to connect mm-hmm. is actually i think a Smaller, that deep that deep, deep, deep connection, connection where you can be really vulnerable to somebody and they know mm-hmm. you all the way down to your core, mm-hmm. that usually doesn't happen with a lot, a lot of people.
1: Yep, and there is a trend towards, it's interesting, like we're more, in quotes, connected to people. But there's a trend towards loneliness in our society because mm-hmm. we aren't, it's like we're staying at like the shallow level. We're not going deep with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so when I listened to that podcast, I thought about that like, am I making deep, meaningful connections with my closest people or am I just like floating by h- adding a couple nice comments to someone's Instagram picture, but I don't really care, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, am I going deep yeah. with the most important people? And it's the concept, like the faults you, f- I think that's where
0: loneliness spikes, even though you're falsely connected because it's almost like an illusion. Like mm-hmm. your brain thinks, Oh, but I am connected to people mm-hmm. but you're truly not. So you're it not almost makes a true it worse connection. Because mm-hmm. you're feeling like this little like, oh well I'm kind of connecting to a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. But it's not actually solving that deep need for connection mm-hmm. inside of you.
1: Yep. Anyway. Okay, so to talk about uh chillins, um, the first thing we want to talk about and in peaceful parents, happy kids, this is like the underlying thing and we talk about it a lot, so we're just gonna skim it. But is the whole concept of putting your own oxygen mask on first. So we can't bring, we can't tend to our other relationships if our relationship with ourselves is just like mm-hmm. blah and we're mm-hmm. feeling like nothing and we have no energy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I love, if you're ever, if you're wanting to like g- have a good place to start, I mean, because we rave about so many books, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Janet Lansbury, mm-hmm. Elevating Child Care, g- probably the best place I would say yeah. to start. But I would say this Peaceful Parent happy yeah. kids is a really it's one of the best of like covering General. kind of all of yes. the things all this parenting stuff that we're talking about focusing on connection and i when i first read it i remember thinking because i mean they really talk about if you're having a problem with your kid mm-hmm. look it's at your relationship yourself. oh like, and yourself yeah, yeah like yep look yep. at yourself first yep because that's mm-hmm. where all solutions are going to start. And, and it really applies to every relationship. Yep. But look at yourself first. Yep. You know, which I love.
1: And I would also add to that, that this is a really good um, husband, caregiver, someone who else who's taking care of your kid. Great send to them book. It's pretty short. I think I read it on two times really fast. And so it seems short. Mm-hmm. And it's very generalized and broad while going over most of the thi- and also there was nothing in this book that i was like oh i'm not uh, i'm not sure it's mm-hmm. a very i feel like it was very encompassing in like peaceful unconditional respectful parenting mm-hmm. it's always in my top four when people ask for recommendations <coughs> mm-hmm. i give them like my top four books mm-hmm. and it's always in my top four yep it's really good um okay so put on your own oxygen mask first creating your inner calm so that you can connect so if you're feeling like anxious and like fired up inside you're obviously going to react to your kids but if you have that peaceful time we talk about this with your miracle morning whether that's meditation or going on a walk whatever it is then you can come into your relationships with wisdom and not like engaging in power struggles and all those sort of things because as we've talked about and this all connects kids and all of our close relationships they excavate I like that word (laughs) stuff that's going on inside of us that we don't even know Mm -hmm. stuff that happens in our past and it's kind of like a map of our fears and our worries and so I like to I like to take time in my miracle morning if I'm feeling like I have you know something with one of my kids that's triggering me try to think about that and write down like oh that's because you know like think about When I was little, like, my mom, you know, I could never talk back. So when my kid talks back, that's really triggering that my whole thing about, like, respect or whatever it is. So I try to, you know, get it out and then use that time to imagine myself responding calmly and peacefully instead of just reacting in the moment. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I really like
0: that. (laughs) Um, Another really important point in this book that – The author's name is Dr. Lara Markham. Uh, She says that if you are constantly, and this is a good question. Everybody think of this right now, what your answer to this question is. If you are constantly feeling upset and negative towards your kids and feeling impatient all the time, so are you feeling that way? Are you feeling like, no, I only feel like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Put yourself on the spectrum. One side is like, I am so impatient all the time, and I just feel like I'm always resentful of my kids. And if the other side of the spectrum is, no. I'm feeling joyful all the time, which probably nobody's feeling either of those two things all the time. But where are you on the spectrum? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling more towards the negative side, then consider the possibility that you may be sacrificing your mental health at the altar of parenting. And this is super, I think, super challenging for a lot of people's core philosophies that we think that we need to sacrifice ourselves because Parenting is about sacrifice in the nature of it. I mean, just what we give up in our bodies to, cre- to create and give birth or what we give up in our sleep when our newborns are small. All the things, I mean, parenting, there is sacrifice as part of parenting. And that's part of, I think, why we love our kids so much. But I think because that is such a big part of parenting, I think we have a lot of us have this philosophy deep inside of us that we are sacrificing our whole selves mm-hmm. on this altar of parenting. So mm-hmm. if we are unhappy, then that's just the price we have to yeah. pay for being yeah. a parent,
1: you know? And yeah, I really think you shouldn't be. I think I think we need to find more joy in parenting, not like the cheesy, but like find happiness in being a parent, not constantly feeling like, like taking drudgery and like oh, I'm doing everything as like the norm mm-hmm. of parenting. Yeah. Like we should be enjoying it. Yeah. Really? We can, we, right? We can. So, yeah. Yeah, don't use sh- should. <laughs> That's a trigger word, Felicia. We should like, not be doing anything. Should. Don't use that word, guys. Bad. <laughs> I love it. um
0: Bad. Bad. She's like over here, like. <laughs> anyway. um, but yes, but you can be feeling more joy. So, for me, <laughs> when I find myself feeling like I am a martyr here. That's usually a trigger to me to be like, okay, you know, actually, I don't have to be a martyr. This is actually a choice that I get to make. And so I am going to choose to, yes, am I going to stop serving my children? No. No. Because I I actually want to serve my children. Mm -hmm. I actually do want to do the things that a parent does, that does include some giving, but Mm -hmm. I never want to give to the point where I feel resentful. And this actually, this concept, guys, this is actually a really big concept But So we're just going to touch on it here. But the concept of giving, so there's two ways to give. There's a place, there's a way to give from a place of resentment. You feel Mm -hmm. empty, you feel like I got nothing left, and I am still just giving, 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 giving at the expense of myself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Then there's another way to give that is coming from a place of I am whole. I'm taking responsibility for my own Bucket filling or whatever you want to call it. Like I'm responsible here for my own happiness and my own wholeness. And then from that place, I choose deliberately what I'm going to give. So, you know, for me, I'm willing to give all this to my kids Mm. and I'm willing to give some to my neighbors. Right. Mm -hmm. But they get less than my kids Mm -hmm. get and my husband gets, mm-hmm. and then this community gets this. So it not that you're not still giving, but it's more of making a deliberate choice of mm-hmm. nobody's trapped. I want everybody to know in their minds right now. You may think, but I have to, but I have to do all this. I've already mm-hmm. committed to all these things. But I think it's worth looking at knowing, you know what? Yeah, it feels like I have to give, 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 but it's actually a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think when you really look at it, I think a lot of us, it's a choice that I a lot of the things are, I want to do that giving. Yeah. But just the mindset of changing, I have to give, I have to give, I'm trapped to, this is actually giving that I'm choosing Because I actually think it's the most important calling that I have right now in my Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. It totally changes. I'm giving the same amount, but it's coming from a different place. And it's kind of an abstract concept, but we can all feel, as I described that, hopefully you could feel, we've all felt that, where it's like I'm giving from empty Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling resentful versus I'm giving from full and it's a choice. Even if the amount of giving is the same, it totally feels different.
1: So anyway, I think it's an important thing. And if it's hard to feel within yourself, we've all been we've all had people give to us where you can feel like I'm feeling guilty that they're giving to me. Yes. And then that doesn't feel that great no. either. Right. To and you. then people where it's like, Oh, like I'm so grateful. This was like a big deal. And you can tell it didn't drain you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, yes. thank you for that yes. <laughs> guiltless yes, giving.
0: Yes. But I love that idea. <laughs> Just think of where you're at because I, I mean, if you're feeling this way, there is a better way. Yep. And it all comes with looking inward first
1: yep okay next tip is to tune into your kids emotions and so this is another big concept with the unconditional parenting but noticing your kids emotions notice them but then being okay with them and acknowledging them and the part that i loved in the book that she explained so well was that um she talks about how One, you can just be there with emotion, and we've talked about this, but it really goes into it good in the book that you can just let them pass without correction or acting on them. So say, no, you can't have that cookie. So then your kid's mad. You don't have to course correct them back to happiness. You can just let them feel anger about not getting the cookie. You don't have to, you you can, you don't have to say, you can have one later or you don't need the cookie or just had dinner and try to alleviate that pain. You can and actually, you know, I think they'll come out on the other side feeling happier when you let them be angry, let it pass through. Mm-hmm. And if it's a bigger thing, that's a little thing, so that's easy to let pass through. But say you're having a really hard discipline thing and we've all felt that we're like they're angry, you're getting angry, you, wanna, you want to solve it. But it's – and I think – um society society like everybody them i hate those words but like somehow we have this subconscious feeling that we need to do something when there's a problem with our kids we need to do something with it and fix it when they're emotionally uncomfortable yeah right yep or we need to discipline because they did something wrong so we need to do something right in this moment we need to discipline them but if we can just think of we can let the emotion pass through and then, and then say something like, you know, I wanna think about what happened, we'll talk about it later. Or if they're little, you don't even really, you know, have to say that Accept their emotions and then maybe later when they're in a, a bigger, or in a better place, bring it up. But I think with a lot of these um, misbehaviors, I think most of the times our kid knows that they shouldn't do those things. Like they don't need a big lecture. So I think we can table it for a time when we're, when we're coming at it from a better place. Because if we just then launch into it, it's teaching them, it's not teaching good emotional regulation. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be modeling, okay, I'm also, t- I'm seeing your emotion, I'm feeling it, letting you feel it, I'm also having emotion. And if I then react from my emotion, I'm, te- I'm not teaching you how to regulate it. But I, if I take a second, I need a minute, I'm gonna go sit down, take a few breathers, we'll come back to this later. That's mm-hmm. modeling this huge emotional regulation mm-hmm. concept that is way more important than, we don't take cookies when it's not snack time, you know, or whatever the thing, the di- little discipline thing is, I think teaching that emotional regula- regulation is much more important for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you're saying that in, when like emotions are really high, it's okay just to table consequences or discussion of the misbehavior to later. Right. And there are times where I think if you can stay unruffled and it can just be in a sentence, right. you can do it then too. Right. right. I and like if you're
1: not feeling that big emotion, mm-hmm. just letting theirs pass through mm-hmm. and you respond calmly. But it's
0: kind of liberating to know that there is no actual like, hey, to no happened rush. 30 seconds no after. A, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can set the timeline for whatever you want because you're the parent. Yep. yep. That's I
1: one of my favorite concepts with parenting. Almost always it's not an emergency. Like mm-hmm. let's respond to the best way instead of <laughs> losing it.
0: I love that. And I know this is a concept that we talk about all the time. But as Felicia was just talking about negative emotions, I just want to throw it out there as a review that we do have this belief that when somebody's feeling a, an uncomfortable, painful emotion, that somehow we need to change that. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the further step to that is because we think that them being happy is going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. That's actually like the, the second step mm-hmm. that's really important that I think it's great to just... We can just unhook our kids from being responsible for our own happiness Mm -hmm. because our happiness isn't their responsibility. Right. We can't blame our unhappiness or happiness on them. Yep. Just take that off them. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. I love it. We're going to take a little break and come back with some more tips for connection.
0: Okay, so another tip from the book, Peaceful Parenting, Happy Kids by Lara Markham is to be aware of when you discipline. So, and if you can see your actions from your child's eyes. So sh- an example she gives is specifically with babies and safety. Say you have some stairs uh, in your house that go down into the basement that you're always yelling at your, you know, one-year-old to not go by the stairs, which is an important thing for them to learn, safety on stairs. But if you find that you're always like reacting in anger or whatever, it's always better in a safety situation if you can just make it a, make it not, a not an issue in, anymore. Mm-hmm. So put a baby gate up, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then when they start getting old enough, they can learn to turn around backwards and go down. Then you can teach them that skill. But until that time comes, you might as well not be, you're breaking connection anytime you are reacting out of anger. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I want to make this really clear. Felice and I actually just had a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really important distinction to make between setting limits doesn't break connection, but reacting in anger mm-hmm. does break connection. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with setting a limit, and especially when it's around a safety thing. But in, the beautiful thing about these safety things, you can just take them out of the right. equation in general, just make it right. safe, and you don't even have to deal with it. Right. But you mm-hmm. can set a limit and still have it. You're not losing any connection. Mm-hmm. Just as simple as your toddler is like about to throw a raw egg down you can Oost. literally just grab, grab it stupid, we're not gonna egg. do that <laughs> yes because it's gonna make a big mess yes. or once they do throw the egg and it splatters everywhere you can say i can see why you wanted to do that like so there is some empathy in there like mm-hmm. i can see because a toddler's just thinking in their mind this is egg gonna be bomb. really cool when <laughs> yeah. it breaks it sounds yeah. cool it makes a cool mess mm-hmm. but and i've shared with you guys this before oh and this happened. i had oh my heavens my third <laughs> egg face <phase>. my third <laughs> Kid, i already told you guys this. He had an obsession with eggs. So, like, I'm coming from experience here. Eggs broken in pockets. (laughs) You know, he had these, I told you he'd wear his little pants backwards and put them in his (laughs) pockets. so he'd have an egg on each side. It was ridiculous and so cute and messy. But you can say things like, oh, I can see why you want to throw that egg, Mm -hmm. but that makes a really huge mess. So we're going to mm-hmm. clean it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can teach them. You're still teaching them. Please don't throw eggs in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right? It isn't like your word like saying just have a th- free for all. Mm-hmm. You can still set the limit or have them help clean up their own messes or whatever it is and still keep your connection. So if you can just look at yourself from your kids' eyes, mm-hmm. if we treat our kids with respect and try not to always have any limits set with anger, if we can just set our limits without anger, mm-hmm. then you're, you're actually... Like encouraging connection, which mm-hmm. is connection is the whole key. Well, I think it's really the whole key to life. I think yes. we're like life is about our connections with each other, mm-hmm. but then our children are focusing on their own actual behavior instead of our behavior,
1: right? Yep. Anyway. And that's so one another thing I love about that is if you start, if you if constantly from a baby you're saying, No, 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 stop, you know into toddlerhood and all that, it really dilutes your no power. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's Jenna Lansbury, but I could be wrong. Who talks about like using no very sparingly because when you do need that no and like that strong, like literally they're about to stick something in the light socket, no. Like it, it has power. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Like if we're just saying no all the time, mm-hmm. they like our kids just become numb to it. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so the whole concept of why why are we focusing so much on connecting through discipline and again in peaceful parents happy kids they talk a lot about this but so if your goal is to raise a kid who's just going to obey you then yes threatening punishment fear that's those are all the things you want to use if you just want like straight obeying because fear punishment threats all of those they do work faster Mm-hmm. Most of the time for mm-hmm. kids. but mm-hmm. if In the short term. In the short term. For right now. In yeah. this moment. Yes, yes exactly. Because yeah. that's not going yeah, to right. help you in the long term. Right. But. So, the, yeah, the whole point is that if you want a child who's going to make the right decision when you aren't there, and they're going to have this self-discipline, intrinsic motivation to make the right decisions, then that's your, your goal. It needs to be connection and guidance. Because mm-hmm. when you punish a kid, it's not their job to behave it's your job to make them do it when you're doing those punishments Mm -hmm. but you're trying to put that decision making that intrinsic motivation onto them through the connection because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are making the decisions by themselves so that's why
0: yes i love that (laughs) sentence that when you're using punitive punishment then their behavior becomes your job for both of you they're like well my mom is (laughs) making me do this and you're thinking i'm making you do this Mm -hmm. It's your job, but you want their actions to eventually be their job. Be their so the way to start is by teaching them that. Yeah. Right. I love, love, love that. Yeah. And parenting is a long-term thing. There's Forever. no way around yeah. it. It's a long-term thing and your kids aren't always going to be with you. So we're literally raising humans to live by themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> like without us. Right. And so if you want them to make decisions, On their own and have their behavior be their responsibility. Right. Not your responsibility. Their choice. Right. Connection is key. Right. I love that.
1: Love it. Okay. Next point. If your child is going through a rough patch. So we all have times where we have one or two or specific kids that are having a hard time. Then to be 110% on their side. Which I think it's really easy to just get frustrated and be like, I'm done with you. Like, And kind of go and be with the easier kids or just kind of put it off. But to have your kid feel like they have someone 100% on their side, whether or not um, they are behaving. So in The Soul of Discipline, Kim John payne talks about pinging. So like whenever a kid is misbehaving, it's usually something going on with your relationship. So they're pinging back to make sure like, is there a home base that's unruffled a leader who's going to be there for me and so <clears throat> if we can look at it like so if you have a, your gardens dying you just gonna n- not do anything and ignore it or are you gonna water it because it's being a trouble garden now, <laughs> yeah. right your garden you're that's... really making my life hard i'm just gonna leave you there to die <laughs> so same concept with our kids so being 100 percent on their side watering them when they're having a hard time helping them and how we can do that. So the last point is one-on-one time with them.
0: Yes, and this is for me,
1: I would say my like
0: biggest parenting, well, I don't know, it's hard. We obviously have a lot of parenting tips (laughs) here, (laughs) but but if there's like, you know, piece of advice, like give me one piece of advice of just like a thing you can do with your kids. For me, one-on-one time is so huge. So big. Because I mean, I have four kids, and so one-on-one time doesn't just happen on its own. It has to to be intentional. In Peaceful Parenting Happy Kids, they recommend making sure throughout the day you're like giving each kid about 10 minutes a day on their own. So it could be you're driving the one to soccer practice and it's just them in the car and you instead of like listening to something, take Mm -hmm. that time and I'm all about (laughs) listening to books in the car. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's like, you know what, this is just my time with them to talk. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I engage and talk with them or whatever it is. Mm my thing i don't i actually don't have specific like i mean i try to when i can connect with them individually i try to Mm -hmm. during the day but my favorite thing is me and my husband and it's gonna sound like not a lot but we just do once a month we each take one kid on a date Mm -hmm. so each kid that if you think about it that means i'm only getting one date like one kid has to wait four months to go Mm -hmm. on a date with me which doesn't sound like that much but it is huge for our relationship, huge. And mm-hmm. then the ones that are left behind, um, we are fortunate enough to have grandparents who live around. So if the grandparents are free, then they take the, the other two on a date. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen every time. That's more like secondary. If the grandparents are free and they want mm-hmm. to, they can. But if mm-hmm. not, they don't. And we just get a babysitter or whatever. But um, anyway, but it's huge, 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 where if you can just let your kid have it be like, this is your time. What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? And I'm not going to focus on like lecturing or mm-hmm. I'm just listening, like whatever. And I'm going to be reflecting back to you what you're saying mm-hmm. and just have it be just connecting time. I think is huge. I notice, it especially with my oldest, uh, all kids I think respond beautifully to one-on-one time. But I think as they start getting a little bit older, having actual conversation yeah. makes such a big difference. But you know what, even when they're little, I actually didn't I mean, I'm going to take that back. I don't think it's any more because mm-hmm. even with my three-year-old, yeah, we're not having these deep conversations, but just me giving him that attention for mm-hmm. that amount of time, mm-hmm. I notice, I mean, his be- actual behavior changes. Yep. So I think it applies to teenagers, to tweens, to toddlers, all of it. If you can set aside time and the beautiful thing about one-on-one time, I think, well, first of all, kids are easier when you're totally. one-on-one. It's magical. Really and is. so it actually helps you see them as somebody that you enjoy being with. Because yep. sometimes when you have them all together, it's like I'm not even really liking being yeah. with you right now. Yeah. You know. <laughs> this isn't as fun all, as I thought. We all be. feel that, and so
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a good reminder of like, oh, I love being with you. Mm-hmm. You know. Totally. You're you both remember them. them. You know. Yeah. And I think if you can't, so we also love to do the one-on-one dates, you know, once a month or whatever. But I also love being aware of. Again, it's a relationship tending. So is there three minutes when they wake up that you can just hold them and snuggle them instead mm, of yes. immediately starting breakfast or whatever? Yes. Or um are there times in the day when our connection is usually broken? Yes. So like for me it's bedtime. Yeah. Like how can I revamp this bedtime situation where there's to make it so it's a connecting time doesn't mean I have to take any longer, but so it's not just like, oh, again, ugh again, mm-hmm. better, bugging me, stop coming out. But can making that into a connection time so mm-hmm. i like those two tips so look at your day are there times in the day where you, most of the days you're feeling like we're not connecting for sure i'm like bugged mm-hmm. <laughs> or is there five ten fifteen minutes where i can be with just one kid mm-hmm. or can i set aside a whole date night to go out with them or whatever mm-hmm. it is but focusing on that one-on-one time
0: And a pro tip with that is, if you have a baby and other children, you may be thinking, how is this even possible? Mm -hmm. But babies, every time you feed them, and we've talked about this, but every time you feed them and change their diaper, you add up that time, if you allow that to be connection time, Mm -hmm. the baby's bucket is full. You know what I mean? Yep. So you may be thinking, oh, but this is my fifth baby. How can I even give connection time to the baby? And if you just be present with those things that you're already doing, the caregiving, that connection is already there. And then when babies sleep, that is an excellent chance for, you don't have to, I'm not saying sacrifice your entire baby's nap just to connecting with your Mm three-year-old, but you can take 10 minutes easily out of that. So it's much more manageable, I think, when you break it down into, what am I already doing? Mm -hmm. Is there a way to just be connected with that instead of, off in my own mind to do less things when i empty the dishwasher like i've actually found even making dinner is now a really connection time with Mm -hmm. my kids if we can just stay if we're just present instead of i'm just like doing my own thing Mm -hmm. and i'm actually with them and we're talking as we're chopping up that's Mm -hmm. a moment of connection right Yeah. so exactly i think anytime if you're feeling overwhelmed by this concept of this one-on-one time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean my my eight-year-old loves to make pancakes so when we do pancakes for breakfast, that's my time to connect with just her because mm-hmm. she loves it so much. Mm-hmm. So it's her flipping pancakes. She likes you to do it her herself. It. Mm-hmm. And I just take the time to just like talk with her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yep. the time that. is already there. Look at what
1: you're already doing. Just be yeah. present in those yeah. moments. Okay. So just to wrap up the tips here for connecting with our kids is <clears throat> connect with our self first, put on our oxygen mask first. If you are feeling upset and negative, that most of the time in your parenting see if you're sacrificing yourself to parenting and how you can change that tune into their emotions let them pass through without trying to correct them um, and if you have a child going through a rough patch focusing on them giving that one-on-one time and just remembering that our goal so it might feel harder now or if it's, it doesn't feel it's not the quick fix Threatening, fear, all those are gonna be the quick fix, but our focus is to have them develop the intrinsic motivation to regulate themselves. All right, let's find the magic. (coughs) (laughs) Brown cows.